Young to Gray to Plum for three. KP rings it up. That was huge. We know this team can get hot in a heartbeat. Best three-point shooting team in the league. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. And Paloma joins us now on the phone lines, kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You just heard a Kelsey Plum three-pointer in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, the Aces can get hot anytime. They are the best three-point shooting team in the league. But, Paloma, against the Liberty, the game is a little bit different. How much of a trouble and a little bit of a thorn in the side of the Aces are the Liberty becoming? Yeah, the Liberty are the hottest team in the WNBA right now. I mean, they've won seven straight games, including last night's, you know, Commissioner Cup. Um, you know, the win, you know, the loss, it won't be, it won't affect their record. So it won't, you know, the loss won't go into the Aces record. The win won't go into uh, the Liberty's record. But a win is a win. Yep. And it was the first loss of the season at home for the Aces. And um, as far as the last two matchups, the Liberty have dominated the Aces on, on both ends of the court for, for two straight games now. Uh, we'll see uh, Thursday night for a rematch number three uh, between the Aces and the Liberty. But Sabrina Ionescu said it all over social media. Um, you know, up next, they want to win a championship. So uh, it was, you know, the Liberty's first ever Commissioner Cup win. Each player received $30,000. Each winning player received $30,000. Each losing player received $10,000. Um, and then both teams were able to donate to, to charities of their choices. So um, what I saw last night is that, you know, the, the New York Liberty are, you know, on the hunt. You know, they're rolling. They're hot right now. Um, they've got a talented roster. You know, they're calling this the two super teams. Um, and, you know, it's, it's different. It's different than what we've seen from the Aces all year long. You know, we've seen a, a complete beatdown from the Aces all year long. But uh, talking to Becky Hammond, you know, she says that they're not playing the style of defense that they want to play all four quarters. Um, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter, you know, maybe in the third quarter, the Aces will turn it up on defense. But when you're playing against Sabrina Ionescu, and Brianna Stewart and John Quell Jones and how loaded this roster is, um, you know, it's 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 you got to take care of both ends of the court. You got to be so great on offense, and then you got to lock down on defense. Um, but the Liberty, man, they've made it tough on Asia Wilson. I believe she's like yep. four for twenty-four uh, in the past uh, two two meetings. So. Um, yeah, the Liberty are rolling right now, and, you know, they, they definitely have the aces the past two games. So, um, you know, Chelsea Gray, she said last night that, you know, it hurt. It hurt that they lost at home in front of their home fans. Um, the the loss won't go into their record, but, you know, they're, they're going to take it as, as a loss and, and come out and, you know, hopefully come out stronger on Thursday night, man. You don't want to get hit three times by, by the Liberty, so... Um, yeah, I mean, the Liberty, they looked, they looked great last night, and they were dominant from start to finish. Yeah, no, they really were. And I know the loss doesn't go into the loss column for the Aces, but it goes into their minds, right? I mean, they know that now there's been two games in a row they've played the Liberty, and they've lost, and they've lost convincingly. And you mentioned Asia and the way that they are defending her, or she just hasn't had very good shooting games the last two games against the Liberty. Are you mm -hmm. seeing something different about the way that the Liberty defend her opposed to the other teams across the league? I think you always want to put, 
you know, two bodies, three bodies on Asia Wilson. And, you know, she's, um, she's so talented, you know, she's incredibly competitive, um, the way she fights, the way she is able to be so crafty with the way she shoots the ball. Um, they've made it really hard on her. And, you know, that's what the aces need to do with the Liberty. They need to make it tough. They need, they can't leave Sabrina, you know, wide open. Um, you know, there was a, another player last night, Marine, uh, Marine Johannes, uh, a player from France. Man, she was shooting like five of seven from deep. So, um, you know, you can't let the Liberty get hot. Definitely can't let them shoot 42% from three. Um, so th- those will definitely be something they need to clean up for the next game is just um, doing a better job of guarding the three-point line and, you know, doing a better job of not leaving Sabrina Ionescu wide open for back-to-back threes. Um, but it's it's the talent in this league, Q. I'm, I'm always telling people, you know, these are the best athletes in the world, um, you know, who make these rosters. So, you know, every team in the WNBA is is loaded, is deep, and is incredibly talented. Yeah, no, they are. They're really talented, and New York is is right up there with the best of them. I look at the Aces, the Liberty, and the Sun as probably the three best teams across the league right now. So you mentioned, you know, going out and doing a better job the next time they take the court. That's Thursday against Liberty, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. What can Coach Becky Hammond do to kind of – make things, you know, instead of playing checkers, play chess, right? Instead of, instead of you know, just trying to uh, play better defense, is there anything that she could scheme up, in your opinion, to try to help the Aces out and, and kind of get over the hump? Yeah, I mean, last night they, the shots just weren't falling in for the Aces. They were just struggling offensively. Um, you know, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, all the starters, they were just, you know, not finding their rhythm. And then, you know, on defense, they got to go play defense and, and, and against, you know, some of the best players. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they're able to, to find just kind of spots where they're able to get open, um, you know, do a better job of, of, you know, reading the defense and everything and trying to find better spots to get open. And Asia, once she's locked in and, and rolling, you know, it just takes a couple shots for her to, to get locked in and go. Because we've seen Asia put up 40 points this season. Right. Um, you know, I just think the first couple shots need to fall in for her, and then she'll, she'll get into her groove. And the same goes for Chelsea Gray. Once Chelsea Gray starts flexing and hitting a yeah. big couple threes, then then she's feeling it. So, um, you know, the Aces are at home again tomorrow night, you know, at their house in front of their home fans. Um, once they get into a rhythm offensively um, and they, they, they take care of the defensive side of the court and, and lock in defensively, um, I think that's just what we're seeing right now is the Aces just kind of slipping up on defense these past couple games. Um, they almost lost to the Atlanta Dream. That was a close game on Sunday. Yep. Um, but fourth quarter, they really locked in and, and, you know, took care of business on the defensive side of the ball, which, you know, Becky Hammond's like, I want to see my team play all four quarters, play four quarters of defense. Don't just show up in the fourth quarter and say, okay, now we got to play, <laughs> now right. we got to play defense. But, um, you know, when it comes to the dream, the liberty, the sun, you know, like we were mentioning, you know, this this talent is, is the best talent in the world that you're going up against. Uh, so no no win is, is an easy win, even though the aces, you know, make it look easy. But this matchup, this matchup is great, Q. I mean, it's almost like the, the Seattle Aces uh, series last yeah. year in the playoffs. But, I mean, I think this Liberty team is even more loaded than the Seattle team last year, just with the talent they have. So, um, if these are the two teams in the playoffs, um, you know, it's going to be a show for sure. But, of course, you know, the Aces have a target on their back. You know, everyone wants to beat the Aces who are having a historic season. 
Um, so, so when it comes to taking down the Aces in Vegas, that's what everyone's trying to do. That's what everyone is trying to do. Again, Paloma Villacana <laughs> from Fox 5 Sports is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I know that scoring is not a problem for the Aces, but how much do you think Candace Parker is being missed right now with her leadership, his, her been mm-hmm. there, done that, all that, right? How much do you think Candace is being missed? No, Becky Hammond said last night she's a huge piece a huge piece of, of their team. Um, and that's the question I get every day. You know, when is Candace coming back? What's the status on her? Um, and, you know, she's still day-to-day. She's with the team, which which is good to see. Um, you know, they have that training facility for her to get rehab and, and continue to work her way back. Um, but, you know, when you have a 17-year veteran, you know, who's played this game, who's played delivery, who's played, uh, you know, against Dewey for so many years, um, you know, her presence, her leadership – um, and just her also being a, a facilitator, you know, on the court, you know, she's always, she's, she's there, um, you know, with the assist, she's there with the bucket, she's underneath the hoop, she's dishing it outside. She's a huge piece, a huge piece of this puzzle. Um, so for her to not be there means that now Becky's going to her bench, you know, now she's going to her bench sooner. Um, and, you know, now, now she's, you know, asking Kirsten Bell and everyone to step up. Um, when you got Candace Parker missing, you know, that's, that's a big piece of your puzzle that's not out there. And, um, you know, the Aces have been able to win, you know, without her. Uh, but last night showed that, you know, she is a big part of this team. And when it comes to, you know, her basketball IQ, her experience, um, you know, where she is on the court, the chemistry they built with her, you know, that's a huge loss for the Aces. Yeah, it is, uh, and she is as well. I mean, that she's she's got that leadership uh, that I think goes a long way, especially with the fact that she's won multiple championships in the WNBA. She could be that calming voice as well. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And roughness. Now, I did want to ask you about UNLV, and, you know, mm-hmm. they've been at practice, and I've been kind of checking out your Twitter, and you're talking mm-hmm. about the defense, defense, defense is really looking good. What's the latest and the greatest when it comes to the Rebels? I mean, if you look at all the pictures, they're posting on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, if you just check out their UNLV football Twitter page, I mean, physically, this team looks different. Um, when you see them line up, uh, you know, when you see them catch the ball, you know, when you see them go full speed, they look 100% different from last year. And like I mentioned, you know, earlier last week, you know, it's the SEC coaches, it's the SEC work ethic, it's the SEC players out there. Um, you know, everyone is, got an earpiece on at practice. I mean, they look like a professional sports team um, when it comes to their, their, their practices. I mean, um, we know how it does it in the SEC. You know, I, I used to cover Alabama and the entire SEC. Um, so Barry Odom bringing his, his coaching style, his leadership, his SEC coaches, um, the offensive coordinators from the University of Texas. Um, so, yeah, they are doing things differently at UNLV from top to bottom. I mean, um, when it comes to the way they work out, their training room, their nutrition, their training tables, it is completely different this year. So um, a lot of excitement around UNLV football. I'm ready to see them, you know, go up against a different team. Um, but a, a lot of the players have said they love uh, Coach Marion's go-go offense. Um, it's so dynamic. It's so fast. It's so different. Um, so we're going to, I mean, we are going to see a different type of UNLV ball this fall for sure on both ends, uh, of the ball for sure. Uh, your defense is rolling under an SEC coach, you know, your offense is rolling under a, a big 12 coach. So, 
Um, I'm super excited for those guys and a lot of respect to Barry Odom and what he's doing out there. So um, like we said, Q, at the beginning of the year, there's a lot of question marks around UNLV. What if they're flying under the radar? You know, I I just want to see them go up against another team. But so far, so good at training camp. Where would you say is the, the more dominant part of the team? Is the defense ahead of the offense right now or is the offense ahead of the defense? Oh, the offense is so explosive. I mean, Coach Marion has been doing so many different things. Um, you know, when I watch them scrimmage, man, no play is the same play. I can't even remember what the last play was. You know, they're not throwing it to the same receiver. It's a different running back running the ball. Um, you know, he's using tight ends, running backs, receivers. Doug is running the ball. I mean, there's just the offense is crazy, um, is what one of the defensive backs, Dre Williams, said. He goes, man, this offense is crazy. We don't know what to expect. Um, you know, it's so explosive. It's so different, so dynamic. Um, you know, you really got to cover the whole field uh, because Coach Marion says he likes the ball to be vert- vertical, and uh, he wants the ball to be vertical as much as possible. So, um, you know, there's not one guy on offense that's, kind of the go-to guy like last year was Aiden Robbins for sure their running back um that had a great year a career season uh with the UNLV football team last year he transferred um and you know maybe it was the Chuck Wagon before that who Mm -hmm. you know he was the guy on offense you know he was their playmaker you know he was their go-to guy this year the the offense is just is just so diverse there's so many different um, plays that I've seen so far at camp, but and then on the defense side of the ball, you got the DBs making big plays. You know they're covering the whole field, trying to figure out what Doug Brumfield is going to do. Um, so man, I they got talent on both sides of the ball. <laughs> I like what the offense is doing, um, and then you know the offense has been challenging the defense, and right. and the defense has been challenging the offense for sure. But um, as far as the the secondary, you know UNLV secondary looks really good, looks really strong. Um, those DBs are flying around at practice, you know, racking up a couple picks at practice. So Doug Brumfield for sure has his work cut out for him um, this fall camp. And catching up with Doug, you know, he's like, it's exciting, but, uh, you know, he's tired. He's definitely <laughs> tired at the end of each practice, which is good to see. You know, yeah. you want to see your starting quarterback, you know, exhausted after each practice. That means they're working hard. But he said, um, you know, also Q, like, I feel like the ones and the twos, like everyone's getting a lot of snaps right now. And to see Doug Brumfield take the majority of snaps, um, you know, at camp for Doug Brumfield to have, you know, the consistency that he can find and the confidence that he can build is great to see because all three years or or the past three years with Coach Arroyo, you know, Doug was splitting reps with the twos and the threes and the walk-on quarterbacks, and everyone was splitting reps between the twos and the threes and the walk-ons. So, so the ones were, were, were never able to really find that consistency, that confidence. Um, and that's, you know, what I'm seeing right now from Doug Brumfield is that, that confidence and the consistency and uh, a hell of a lot of snaps for, for <laughs> Doug Brumfield, which is good to see. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, they got to get ready for the season. They've got a, a heck of a schedule. Of course, they've got Michigan uh, week two of their schedule. And on top of that, who knows what's going on with Michigan and Jim Har- Harbaugh with all yep. his issues that he's got going yep. on. Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to close out with this. Uh, you were at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. You saw the Raiders' first preseason yeah. game. You were out there tailgating. You were out in the – well, you weren't tailgating, but you were out there in the tailgate area. Uh, speaking yep. with Raider yep. Nation, what was that experience like for you on Sunday? 
Oh, it's just incredible to see Allegiant Stadium, you know, completely filled, 62,000 people in there uh, for the first preseason game. And catching up with Raider Nation, man, there's nothing like it. You know, those people are so awesome. Um, I'm actually doing a piece on Raider Nation uh, of just how the family culture, you know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what city you're from, doesn't matter what country you're from. Um, when Raider Nation gets together, you know, it's a family, it's a community, it's a really, really special bond that I really haven't seen um, with any other teams and just the passion and the tradition and the history at the tailgates is just so much fun. There's nothing like it. So anytime I can spend time with Raider Nation and get to know them, get to know their stories, um, you know, and, and their passion for the silver and black and why they love Las Vegas and Allegiant Stadium, um, you know, it's so special. It's so much more than a game. It's it's about a community and a, a tight family. So um, always a fun time being out there tailgating at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, and then going into the game being like, man, this is a nice stadium. It's a nice <laughs> stadium at Allegiant Stadium. You know, it's top, top tier, top tier, just walking through the concourse. Um, you know, so so it's it's a blessing to be here in Las Vegas and get to cover the Raiders and the Aces and UNLV football. You know, there's a lot of great people in this city. So, you know, as the city continues to grow, it's, it's awesome to see these sports teams also grow in Las Vegas. Yeah, there's no doubt. And that piece that you're putting together sounds amazing. Uh, we talk about it here on the radio station <laughs> a lot, how Raiders uh, and Raider Nation is a yeah. big family, and that's how everyone became mm-hmm. a member of Raider Nation. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter, you know, yeah. your economic status. It doesn't, None of that matters. It's yeah. all about the silver and black. And when you're there, you've got 65,000 family members or whatever the case may be. So <laughs> yeah. I say that, Paloma, if you need a radio host to contribute to your piece, I know a guy <laughs> that's pretty familiar with the Raiders. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Q. You're in the thick of it for sure. <laughs> I I know a little something something about Raider Nation. Well, that <laughs> that that'll work. Well, Paloma, what else are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, man, football season is here. Super excited. Um, you know, we got the Raiders pregame live shows. You know, before each preseason game this season, Fox Five is live um, with the Raiders pregame show. Um, the Reb Zone is coming up Sunday, August 27th with the Rebels' new head coach, Barry Odom, in studio. Um, and that's a chance for me to showcase his new team, his new coordinators, all the new talent, uh, and all the new buzz over there at, at UNLV with his SEC practices. So um, <laughs> it's the best time of the year, you know. We're, we're busy here in yep. Vegas with, you know, all the teams. So um, we got Aces play, we got WNBA playoffs coming up soon. So, um, yeah, best city in the world. There you go, and it's busy, busy, busy time, but we love this. This is what we sign up for. So, Paloma, great stuff as always. We definitely appreciate you. We'll check in with you next week. Thanks, Q. Talk to you later. All right, there she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, does a fantastic job at Paloma Fox 5 uh, with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And she had everything covered this week. She had the Aces covered. She had the Raiders covered, UNLV covered. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. She was on top of it all week long, and we definitely appreciate her time this afternoon. And, yeah, man, when she said that she was working on a piece that was about Raider Nation being one big family, that's all I could think of is that's something we talk about here on the radio show every day, every day, every day. And that what Drake said back in the day, every day. Or, no, that was Lil Wayne. That was on the motto. I, I don't know why I heard that song earlier today, and all I could think of is every day, every day. But that was Lil Wayne on the motto with Drake. So there's that, Ari. So uh, before you correct me on that and be like, no, actually, technically – I got you. I got you. Let's go out to the phone lines before we take a break. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. How you doing? 
I know that's right. I'm right here trying to get it. <laughs> get it, young man. Hey, get it. Hey, Q, uh, for the topic of the day, yeah, uh, you said it's Tyree Wilson's back in practice? Yeah, yeah, came back today. Okay. Man, uh, it'll be cool to see Tyree, you know, learn from, from uh, Mad Max. You know, he just soaks so, so like a sponge, and he just go out there and, and starts to attack. It would be nice to see him get it, especially Sack Mahomes. I want to see that fool Sack Mahomes twice, Russell Wilson twice, and Hubert twice. All those fools, Sack them twice. All right, Q, you guys have a good day. All right, Juan, we appreciate you, man. It doesn't get any better than when Juan the Smasher calls and he talks about Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson and calls them fools. Nothing gets better than that, man. Sack them fools twice, man. I like it. I love it. Juan the Smasher right there bringing the heat, getting fired up, getting excited for upcoming Raider football. Many thanks to Juan. You can hit us up just like Juan did at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. The question that he was talking about was Tyree Wilson's off the NFI list. He's cleared to practice. What are your expectations and desires to see from the first-round pick this upcoming season? Got a, a couple of texts that I want to get to. This one's from Mark in Jersey. He said, my expectation of Tyree is for him to start day one and be impactful in playing a defensive rotation, causing havoc, and get after the opposing quarterbacks. That's Mark in Jersey. And I don't know if he's going to start. I really don't, right? I, I, I just I, I look at who they have out there. Max is obviously slid in as the starter. That's a no-brainer. Chandler Jones, I believe, and this is just me, I believe he's going to start the season. Uh, Tyree, I think he's going to be part of what you mentioned, Mark, that rotation. And that's kind of where I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him as part of a rotation. I think he's a guy that realistically can get four or five sacks this season and, and, and within the number of snaps that he gets. But I think later on in the season, you're going to start to see him get more burn, more burn, more burn, get more opportunities and more reps out there and have a chance to, to do some things. We had a text earlier about Malcolm Kuntz, and I haven't had a whole lot to say about Malcolm Kuntz so far, uh, this, this training camp or, or the preseason. But actually, on Sunday, Malcolm Coots, I thought, did a pretty good job. I saw 51 around the quarterback quite a bit, right? Max obviously didn't play, so Coots had an opportunity to go out there. He actually showed a little something. And even in a couple of the practices where Max wasn't participating, that Sunday that I called the corrections day, Malcolm Coots also showed up on that day as well. So I didn't have high hopes for him. I thought he was going to be one of the guys that they probably moved on from, maybe even traded. But if all of a sudden he can start to get to – get to uh, the quarterback or start to show what he could bring to the table, he might have so himself a nice little role as a specialist, like a third-down specialist or some something like that. So, Mark, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, Keith and Sonora said, yo, Q, check eBay out. Look for Aiden O'Connell. Jersey cards, signed cards are going for it's incredible after one preseason game. I already have lost on a bidding award. That's Keith and Sonora. That's funny. I can't believe that. One preseason game and all of a sudden people are outbidding folks for Aiden O'Connell stuff that's pretty incredible that's a hell of a nugget you got your uh, Aiden O'Connell rookie card or, or jersey yet too late now I guess <laughs> I, uh, as, as Levi said the hype train takeoff I, uh, I missed it man I guess board. he was right I guess <laughs> Levi was right about that hype train yeah that, uh, that's a lot to me that is that's a really quick reaction hey but that's awesome I mean yeah I'm not mad at it no doubt, and no then doubt. If, and then if he really does it big, I mean, you know, we'll look back on this day, and I will not uh, find that choke is funny. That no. I missed it. <laughs> right, but, I mean, even then, man, even if he does end up turning in big, I mean, one preseason game is a little too quick yeah. to react like that. Absolutely. But, Keith, thanks for that nugget. I do appreciate it. Cucamonga Raider said, what's up, fellas? I want to see Tyree Wilson beat Javon Kirst's record of 14 and a half sacks as a rookie in a season. I could dream big, right? 
On the real, I want to see him be disruptive and compliment Mad Max. The sacks should follow. There should be no reason why they both shouldn't be eating this year. That's Cucamonga Raiders. So uh, walked it back a little bit when it comes to the 14 and a half sacks. That's an incredible season. That is. But then it's funny. I say that's an incredible season. Max Crosby had 10 sacks his rookie year. <laughs> I mean, think about that. You know, as a guy that a lot of people didn't have high expectations for at all going into the season. Like, if I had Max's rookie year, 2019, if I had come on the radio and said, hey, what do you think Max Crosby's going to do? Everyone would have been like, um, I don't know, maybe get on the field at some point, right? Like, nobody would have said, oh, I think he's going to have 10 sacks or 10 and a half sacks. I think he's, no, no one would have said that. Nobody. Only person who thought he was going to get 10, 10 and a half sacks that year was Max Crosby. <laughs> That's the only person who thought that. So, uh, who knows? Who knows what Tyree Wilson is going to do? I just don't think that double-digit sacks are real, realistic because I, I think that especially early on he's going to be part of a pretty heavy rotation where he's not going to get as many reps as he's going to need to get close to those double-digit sacks. But I've been wrong plenty of times before. I could be wrong again. I have no problem with that. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&R, a good afternoon, gentlemen, on this Wednesday afternoon. Great news on Tyree Wilson back on the field. Better now than later. My expectations for Tyree here in 2023 will be six sacks, three forced fumbles, and causing havoc consistently on third down all season long. I really feel like he's going to thrive off of Mad Max and vice versa. I have a feeling that as long as Tyree Wilson is healthy, our defense will be right around 14 to 15 overall. I believe he's that much of an impact, and his presence will lead to more turnovers this season. The sky's the limit with this kid. Thanks as always, Q. Appreciate the time. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. If that dude's healthy, and like Cucamonga Raiders said, I could dream big, right? If he's healthy and he plays a lot this season, I could definitely see him being a great compliment to Max Crosby. I could see in the perfect world, and this perfect world might not be until next year, in a perfect world, I could see him and Max getting the start and Chandler Jones being a third-down specialist or, or insert somebody else, right? I, I could see that. I don't think with the start that he's getting to training camp just now, August 16th, I don't think that he's going to be a starter this season. But I could totally see him being a starter and having a guy like a Chandler Jones just be a third-down specialist where he comes in and just pins his ears back and tries to get to the quarterback, right? Just kind of be that hired gun type of dude. But Tyree Wilson's got to learn the tricks of the trade first, and I think that's what the, 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 the beauty of having Max Crosby and Chandler Jones there to learn from. Look at the length of all three of those dudes. If you stand those guys side by side by side and let them put their arms out, that wingspan for all three of them, like just go Max Crosby, reach his arms out, and then Tyree Wilson stand in the middle, reach his arms out, so they're touching fingertip to fingertip. Could you imagine how long that would be between the three of them? I feel like it's like an outdoor pool almost, a big circle. Right, exactly. It, it's, it's like one side of the room to the next, right? <laughs> they're touching the walls. I mean, I just I, I could imagine how long that wingspan could be. So I say that to say I can see it being very difficult for running backs to, to get away from those guys because they have that long wingspan, and I think it helps them as they all attempt to get to the quarterback having that long wingspan. We already call Max Crosby the condor, so, you know, if, if all of a sudden – Tyree Wilson is Condor Light, and Chandler Jones has that length as well. Clearly, the Raiders have a type, right? They have a type of, of defensive end that they're looking for, you know, kind of thinner and long and got that, that, long, that long wingspan. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. So thank you so much for those texts. I do appreciate you. we got more texts on the way. And we got your calls at 702-365-9200. Of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Again, the big news of the day, Tyree Wilson came off the NFI list. He's cleared to practice. So what are your expectations and desires to see from the first-round pick? This upcoming season, this is Unnecessary Roughness brought to you by the jeweler of Las Vegas. Of course, big shout out to my guy Mordecai. Been in business for a very long time. They win award after award after award after award. Anyone who's anyone in Las Vegas wants to get some jewelry, wants to get some diamonds, wants to get some watches, whatever the case may be, is going to the jeweler of Las Vegas. You want to see their inventory? You want to go and buy something and also get it sized at the same time? You could do that. There's a no-nonsense type of spot. They'll take care, take real good care of you. And, again, if anyone is anyone, they go to the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Check them out right now at thejewelers.com. Now uh, call number nine. How about that? 702-365-9200. My man Ari wants to give some more stuff away, so let's go ahead and do it. Let's uh, get you registered for four more tickets to the Aviators game, give you a shot at the Lotus Summer of Fun. It's the last week we're doing it. We need one more winner to come out of this show. That's all I care about. At the end of the day, I just want to hear one more winner. Got the grand prize coming out of this show. The grand prize this week, five-day Caribbean cruise from Miami, including the airfare to Miami, or you can straight up take the cash, which is $3,000. Big shout-out to Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, G-O-E-T-T-L. They'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Big shout-out to my man Brad. He got registered for four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step closer to where he needs to be in the Lotus Summer of Fun. We've been doing this for eight weeks long. That's pretty awesome. And we've had a grand prize winner out of this show. Not this station, this show. So what we do around here is we produce winners. <laughs> That's what we do. So Brad, shout-out to you. Earlier in the show we had Carlos. He got registered as well. So you guys are one step closer to the grand prize in the Lotus Summer of Fun, and it is the final week of the Lotus Summer of Fun. I will say this as a little tease. We have something real special coming for the very first regular season game for the Raiders. That's that primetime game Sunday night football versus the Pittsburgh Steelers week three. We have something really cool and special on the way. We'll tell you about that later on, but the winning doesn't stop just because the Lotus Summer of Fun comes to a close at the end of the week. we got plenty of winning on the way. So, again, that's just a little bit of tease. Also on the way, We've got reason or excuse. Ari's got some topics. I don't know what they are. He's going to hit me with them and decide and find, try to find and decide if it's a reason or excuse, whatever the case may be. That's coming up probably in about 10 minutes or so. Give a lie or two uh, around here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But right now we're getting your feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r And, of course, it's 702-365-9200. We got his text from D.C. Raider from the Bay. One question. What does Brandon Bolden do? LOL, seems like a waste of space. Also, I'm hoping Tyree Wilson is the next best thing since sliced bread because Jalen Carter is looking like a day one superstar, which would have helped Max and Chandler so much. But I still have faith in Wilson. Let's go Raiders. And Brandon Bolden is that veteran. He's that vet- veteran running back. He didn't do much last season uh, at all. I don't know if he does anything. I don't even know if he makes a team this, this, uh, this year. I really don't. It's a very competitive room. Uh, you know, they did – Let's see who was banged up. Oh, Britton Brown is banged up right now, so maybe that's a, a good – not good sign, but maybe that helps Brandon Bolden make the team. And then, of course, with Josh Jacobs not being there, obviously they need some depth at the running back position, but I do think Josh returns sooner rather than later. I'm not too sure. Like, without sounding disrespectful, I'm not too sure what Brandon Bolden's role will be. 
I really don't have any idea. He's actually a guy that I've stood on the side right there of, of practice at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and I've told Paul Gutierrez, I've told Vinny, I've told others that if there's going to be one running back that they, they move on from, I would say it's probably Brandon Bolden. But, again, that's just me. As far as Tyree Wilson, I have people comparing Jalen Carter to Tyree Wilson multiple times. I don't know what Jalen Carter's going to do. Sure, he looked good in one preseason game, but he looked good in one preseason game. You know, let's see what he does in the regular season. Let's see how much he actually plays this this season. There's a lot of depth there in that Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. I agree he would have helped Max and Chandler out a whole lot because he can get that pressure from the interior. But let's just see how it all plays out. I think Tyree's going to be just fine, but only time will tell, right? And, and at the end of the day, maybe they should have gone with, with uh, you know, with Jalen Carter when they had the chance. I don't think that – I never thought that he was really in the mix just because of the optics of it, and I'm not saying that that's the – the correct answer, but that was my answer. So, so that's all. That's all I can say as far as that's concerned. But thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, got a text from Raider James. It's out to four one five. Says, "Hey Q, today Tyree has been tossing the sled around like a rag doll. Tyree looks like a beast. He will knock you down, upside down, and laugh when he's conquered and won. Go Raiders! That's uh, Raider James right there. So clearly, he feels good." about Tyree, the addition of him coming off the NFI list and being out there at practice. And, again, it's so hard to judge these guys in training camp. Tyree has literally had one practice, and it wasn't even against uh, an, an opponent. It was just individual drills. So I'll, re- I'll wait to, to base my judgment off of what those guys do throughout the course of this year and see how Patrick Graham uses Tyree compared to other defensive linemen that were drafted uh, this past year, how they do. Uh, with their respective teams. So I think he's a good addition. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's got to go out there and he's got to prove it. Uh, also, we got, let's see, <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray hit us back. said, Q and Ari, I want to know which Raider home game will the Raiders be handing out Aiden O'Connell stick, stick on mustaches to fans. I'm in town for the Patriots game, so please let it be that game in October. That's funny. I actually heard the morning tailgate. I heard Lindsey and Clay talking about going to the – Going to like the costume store or whatever like that, and getting a, a a fake a fake mustache and doing the show with that mustache on just to just to see what it's all about. It's so funny that Aiden O'Connell is getting so more so much conversation about his mustache. And I mean, it does look a little goofy, but you know that's that's his that's his thing. I'm okay with that. That's that's his style. That's what he does. Head coach Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler kind of laughed at him when they met him at the combine and said that that stash has got to go. And he's like, "Hey, man, that's my that's my thing. I got to keep it." So. Whatever, if he goes out there and he balls out and he's got that stash, so be it. Let him ball out. That will become a thing, though. If all of a sudden he becomes some kind of big-time quarterback and he has that stash, I guarantee that will become a thing. Like Sir Whiskey Ray said, maybe the Raiders hand out fake mustaches and everyone puts it on me. Look, if Minshew Mania was a thing, I could definitely see the stash being a thing as well. I know a thing. How about the phone lines, 702-365-9200. Why don't we go out to Pittsburgh, talk to our good friend Bill. Bill, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to call an audible real quick. He hung up, so we're going to go right over. Never mind, Bill. See you later. See ya. See ya, Bill. We Here were goes, calling you. Raider goes. Dave in Denver, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man. Why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about the uh, tight end room? I mean, I was bummed that Foster Moreau ended up leaving. I really liked the guy. Mm-hmm. He was class act on the field. I wish him luck. Yep. But I think Fotheringham has taken that spot, no problem. But with Mayer, Fotheringham, and Hooper, how well do you see the rest of it shaking out? I know they've got a lot of them in camp. They're using them uh, for Johnson at fullback and really working a lot of the uh, 12 personnel groups, which I love to see. Uh, hopefully, 
one or two of these guys along with another lineman can do one of those really, really offset lines like Belichick used to do. Yeah. Hey, Raider Dave, thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And I like, you know, Mayer and Hooper. I think that that could be a nice one-two punch. Uh, Father to him, like you mentioned, he's looking really good. Obviously, Aiden O'Connell's comfortable with them already. Uh, so there, there's, there's that to like. I can see them, you know, holding on to, to three or four of those guys. Also, Thayer Mufford's been playing that, you know, that six offensive lineman, which is that eligible, basically a tight end as well. But I don't know how much he's going to have to do that once uh, Mayer is fully cleared and he's, he's out there uh, participating in full, right? I know that he's made the trip, and I know that he's out there participating or he was out there participating as far as joint practices goes. But when he's, you know, a full go, I think he's going to be such a huge addition. But I like what the, the tight end room is looking like. I know a lot of people miss Darren Waller because of his uh, athleticism and his explosiveness. I do as well. But I think that the way that Josh McDaniels wants this offense to go, you mentioned 12 for personnel, the way they want this offense to go, I think that Mayer fits with what he wants to do better than what Waller did because he can block. And, of course, he's still got room to grow when it comes to blocking, but he's a very willing blocker. And then Hooper as well, he can catch. He can, you know, go down the scene quite a bit. I think that he'll be very active. Uh, you know, there's times that he was a – Top flight tight end. He was a really good tight end. I think he can, uh, you know, he can kind of show that again. But Mayer and and Hooper, I'm very excited about. So thanks so much for that uh, that call. I do appreciate you. And Bill, if you want to call us back, man, call us back. You know, we're, we're, we're equal opportunity. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Let's see. I got one more text. Oh, Mailman Raider hit us up. I want to make sure I got to this one. Q. I think you know I was never on the Chandler Jones train from the jump. And if he plays like he did last year, my expectations for Tyree is that he is starting by game five or six, and Chandler would be the one to spell, which I think would be better with him having fresh legs. Obviously, I want Chandler to succeed, but he isn't in the future. He isn't the future, and Tyree is. I hope Tyree comes out the gates putting the quarterback on the ground, especially in this division. And congrats on the ESPN gig. You're going to kill it, but I'll miss you and Freddie together. LOL. That's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, that's funny. Uh, thanks for the congratulations. I appreciate you. It's so funny. Uh, I really enjoy working with Freddie as well. So when I, uh, when, you know, when I found out that I was going to be doing this uh, 7 to, to 10 p.m. Pacific time show on ESPN National, I was, I was excited and fired up. But then I realized that Freddie Coleman, who's been doing it for like 19 years, is going to be moving up as well. He's going to actually be doing a show with Harry Douglas now. And so I'm excited for him because he deserves to move up. He's been doing that night show for a very long time. But, man, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good and it's so much fun when we do shows together and so uh, Monday we did our final show together on Freddie and Fitzsimmons and he kind of passed the torch on to me and hey I know Q's going to do a great job I mean he's talking about it on the radio and I'm like yeah hey Freddie no problem no pressure man you've just been doing it for 19 years no pressure dude <laughs> but no he's he's a good dude man I'm, I'm excited uh, for what he has in store next because he's like I said he's really great and it's funny when I told our boss, Ari, not Natalie, when I told her about it because I didn't want her to, you know, read things online and this, that, and the other, find out from someone in the building or whatever. I wanted her to know firsthand from me. When I told her about the opportunity, she said, wait, so are we going to not have Freddie anymore? <laughs> so <laughs> the, first thing, the first thing she started talking about was Freddie. I was like, hey, this is about me. <laughs> this is about me at this point. But, no, everyone loves Freddie. He's a great dude, so. Uh, he's going to be doing some really good things as well. Him and Harry Douglas is going to be a hell of a show. Uh, so thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember you weren't a big Chandler Jones guy at all, right? And Chandler didn't didn't really live up to the billing his first year. And he started to come on later in the season, but then he got injured against Pittsburgh and never returned. So I'm hoping that he's more comfortable. I'm hoping that he's ready to, 
you know, start the season strong, like he looked like he was going to finish the season strong. I'm hoping that that's the case. But, uh, yeah, at some point, like you said, uh, Tyree is the is the future. I could see him at some point being the starter. I don't think it happens till next year. But if Chandler gets off to a slow start, maybe it happens sooner rather than later. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. We'll get one quick call, and then we'll take a break. And, matter of fact, we'll get Quick's call. Quick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? You all what to do? Oh, chilling, man, chilling. Good, man. Good to holler at you. A, a big-time move on the on the ESPN thing. To be replacing, or, well, I guess, whatever you call it, Freddie Dog. I think we all know what time that is. That's really major, so congrats to you. When it comes to Tyree, man, I don't have the highest expectations. I'm tempering them because mm-hmm. I haven't seen what I wanted to see from your boy, Patrick Graham. You know, I called a few weeks ago kind of yeah. on his head, and I want to see something from him, first and foremost. I liked the way I was there on Sunday. I liked the way the defense looked. I don't care if it was against first, second, tenth string. This team needs a reason to be geeked up. And I, they looked fast. And something that I want to go back to quick is um, – Something that got said over the offseason about how they dumbed down the plays a little bit or whatever it might have been, just to allow the guys to play faster. That's what I'm looking for right there, man. Mm-hmm. I'm at you later, two ball. Congratulations, bro. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And, yeah, they did look faster. And I remember head coach Josh McDaniels mentioned that, right? They simplified. That was the word he used, simplified things a little bit. And you don't want to simplify things too much because then you're too easy to dissect and break apart and, you know, be able to pick apart. But – as long as you do it to the point where these guys can do exactly what Quick just said, fly around, be fast, not think. If you're thinking, then you're, 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 you're going to be a slow man, and everyone in the National Football League is leaving, right? If you're thinking, they're leaving. You've got to be on your A game. Let's take one more quick call, and then we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. MG in the 916, Sacramento, California. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Q? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, yes, I just want to uh, – look, I'm a, I'm a Raider fan just like everybody else, right? I hate seeing the Raiders lose. It's just a win every single day of the year. But here's the thing. The defense, the defense ain't there. And, and I'm looking at the 49ers, and I hate the 49ers, but they did something right. They drafted D-line year after year after year after year. And look at them. They got, you know, they had Kinlaw. They had a couple mm-hmm. of guys that left. But it's, it's a similar picture for us. We got Neil Farrell. We got Nesta Jade, uh, Silvera. We got a bunch of guys super young on the D-line. I'm looking maybe not this year. But next year, to see those guys really take over, my expectations are always to win now. But uh, just to be real, I don't see it happening right away. I'd love to see these guys come out and shine for us. But in the reality of it is this defense is going to need to develop over this next season. I really expect big things from them in 2024, if I'm being honest. But I just want to say that. Thanks for having me. Go Raiders! <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, MG. I appreciate you. That's out the 916, Sacramento, California. And that's kind of why my expectations for Tyree are not as high as some people's because I think he's going to be brought along slowly. I think the future of the Raiders is with Tyree Wilson. I just don't know if the future of the Raiders with Tyree Wilson is right now. I think he's going to be part of a rotation, and that's okay. I'm fine with that, right? Exhaust Chandler Jones. Use everything he's got. Let him bring his expertise and his know-how and his knowledge to the table. Let Max continue to be Max. But get Tyree ready. So if you get four or five sacks from him this year, cool. And then all of a sudden he's ready to start next year, I'm good with that. Because, again, this is going to be for the long haul. This is a a long play. This is not a one-hit wonder like, okay, going to load up for a Super Bowl run and then it's over. 
right? It's not that's not what this is about. This is about building this team. It's got a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys on this squad. So they gotta they gotta find a way to bring him along. MG, thanks for that call, man. Really do appreciate you. Four forty eight is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Maybe have time for one or two little reason or excuses. Ari will figure it out because that's what he does. It's Radish Radio nine twenty. It's time for a reason or excuse on unnecessary roughness. All right, let's get right to this. ESPN host Ryan Clark, who we all like, I think, right? RC! For the most part. It's my guy. I'm going to argue about this one, but he says George Pickens is much more talented than Justin Jefferson. He's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Long pause. (laughs) I I just wanted to pause right there. Yeah. He says Jefferson understands everything about the position. He's a savant. But that Coach Tomlin, excuse me, Coach Tomlin said Georgia didn't really embrace or really groom Pickens and was just not the spot for him to really flourish. So... Now, playing for Pittsburgh, second year here, the team that really gets him and understands him, Pickens is going to play better and outperform Justin Jefferson because of that. Reason or excuse? I think that's an excuse. And, look, I mean, Ryan Clark, all the respect in the world to him, actually going to have him on the show pretty soon as well. Um, He's a former Pittsburgh Steeler, so he's always going to lean. But I'll say this, Pickens is fantastic. And I do agree that Georgia probably didn't develop him into the best wide receiver. And if you remember, Justin Jefferson came from that LSU team that was high-flying, the most points that LSU had scored ever, right, led by Joe Burrow. And just you remember the stupid numbers they were putting up. But none of that's Justin Jefferson's fault, and none of that's George Pickett's fault. Justin Jefferson is arguably the best wide receiver in the league, right? I still think it's Devontae Adams because he's Same. done it longer. But Justin Jefferson is right up there. So that's why I still say Justin Jefferson is much better than George Pickens because Justin Jefferson has done it longer than George Pickens. So right now I'll say that RC is just giving Pickens an excuse because he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. But I don't doubt that Pickens has the ability to be that guy. So I there's not too much that I question when it comes to RC because he's that sharp when it comes to being a football mind. Yep. So I kind of understand the reasoning for his excuse. You like how I did I that? I like that, yes. All right, real quick. UNLV's going to the Big 12, everyone. Because some beat reporter, Justin Spears from Arizona Football, spoke with Big 12 Commission Brett Yormark. And one of the things in the interview that should be noted is Yormark said, hey, Las Vegas, very enticing city for future athletic events. So Vegas being a great sports destination, it's not crazy enough to think UNLV's headed to the Big 12. Reason or excuse? No, no, no. That's that's there's there's no reasoning there at all. I mean, that that's that's an excuse for people to say that that uh, UNLV is going to the Big 12, but they're not. The problem is just like the Pac-12. How many games and stuff are already taking place here? How many championship games are already here? Right. They already have the UNLV, the the Las Vegas market. They don't need to put them and invite them to the conference. All I mean, look, the Big 12 plays basketball tournaments here in Vegas all the time. Scott Drew from Baylor hits me up and says, "Q, <laughs> we'll be in your city. Come see us." Right? I mean, everyone comes to Vegas to have their tournaments. Everyone wants to be in Vegas. They don't need that program here in Vegas to to come and play their games and, and have their sporting events like the Big 12 commissioner said. So, yeah, that's just an excuse. I would love to see UNLV in the Big 12, but it's not going to happen. The one thing they have going for them, maybe if, if, if Coach Odom could get them playing at a high level, the one thing they have going for them is their facilities. True. And facilities <laughs> and stadium is a big deal to get into different conferences. And they have the stadium, obviously, with the Legion Stadium, and they have the facilities. But do they have the guys that go get it done on the field? Really good stuff. Ari, appreciate that. Reason yeah. or excuse here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll be back tomorrow, same time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.